welcome to episode two of High School Heroes, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast where all of us are high schoolers. I'm your humble dungeon master, Charlie Isaacs, and to my right we have... I'm Grim, I play the, uh, the funny wizard girl. <laughs> I'm Izzy, I play Mara. I'm Alan, I play Big Skeleton Man. I'm Leo, I play the cat. So, in the last episode, all four of our heroes met each other and met friendly NPCs in the Archway Commons. The Oracle, the woman who runs Strixhaven, then directed them to the Hall of Oracles in the Biblioplex. Our heroes then went on a scavenger hunt, finding all different sorts of knickknacks and items, while also helping a lady make sandwiches. As they went back to the main lobby, a chest had come to life and started trying to eat people. It was quickly dealt with, though, and afterwards, the professor found black sludge on the side that seemed to come from the Sedgemoor, the swampy part of Witherbloom campus. As Professor Sharpbeak walks away, after giving each of you a platinum, most people are excited to go outside to see the rest of orientation. You see the doors to the biblioplex are starting to swing open, and people are starting to exit. I think we should follow them. Yeah, yeah I mean... Alright, so, as you walk outside to orientation, the park is completely different than when you were here just about an hour ago. You see, um, in the middle of the park is still the statue of the wizard that you saw before, but at the near back of the park is a massive stage uh, that seems to be set up, and people are crowding around it. Uh, seems a performance might start soon. You see on the left, there's um, dozens of little stands that seem to each be promoting a different club at Strixhaven. And um, to the right of that, it seems like a large like board that has a bunch of different classes and a place to sign up. But as you all continue to walk forward, you know, deciding what you're going to do, you see a seven and a half foot tall muscular orc with a tight white shirt and a loose brown sleeveless jacket. He has milky white eyes and is holding a long stick that appears to be a very thin and sturdy rolled up scroll and is using it to tap the ground in front of him while walking. <laughs> he's, he's a big man. He's bigger than me! Well, that's something um, you don't see every day. <laughs> Shiro, uh, Professor Thornhart, he walks up to him and he puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Professor Marrow, it's been too long. Shiro, hi. It is good to see you, my friend. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> is something troubling you? Well, I can't see. <laughs> Man, I'm so great at NPC interactions. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, um, I heard you were retaking a few classes at Strixhaven. Does that include um, the orientation process? Well, of course it does. I would never miss it. Well, I've heard it is a sight to see. I'm just kind of sort of looking up at him in my like five three height. So you know how there's that bush? Uh huh. I want to wander back to the bush. Is that nearby? Or <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Mara's <laughs> just trying not to laugh the whole time. Okay. He, he just leaves. Yup. Skull is out of here. Um, Professor, Professor Morrow um, starts to talk with you, Shira. Um, this is about different, you know, teaching things, what's been happening recently. Um, the, uh, the performance is supposed to start soon. I'm sure you could do one or two things. Maybe if you want to sign up for a new club or see what classes I know you're going to take. It sounds like fun. I've got little to do at the moment. Yes, well, classes are coming in about a week. I've already started my preparations. Uh, would you like to meet for um, coffee in about a week? Um, we could work on it together. I would love that. What, what, what are all of you doing? You walk over, you see a big bush, and man, is it a good bush. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice bush. Yeah, you walk in the bush, 
you see a big beetle just in the bush crawling around. Now that's a cool beetle. All right, what are the rest of you doing? Booking it straight to the, um, the like, Drama Guild booth, if I can find okay. it. Okay, the Drama Guild booth. Uh, give me one second. There should be no. a Glee Club. <laughs> oh, God, no, not a Glee Club. So, um, <laughs> as you go over, you see, um, you know, this, uh, like, purple stand that has um, a person waiting in line in front of you. It looks like they're just signing their name. I stand behind them. Um, as you stand behind them, they um, they kind of sign their name, uh, and you see they do it with like a big flourish. They uh, flick their hand at the end. As they turn around, you see a human boy with sw- side-swept brown hair, very fancy blue clothes with velvet trim, all forming around a very punchable face. <laughs> oh, no. Well, uh, hello there. Uh, Good afternoon. I hate this dude already. Same. Are you intending to sign up for the Play Actor Drama Club? I sure am. Well, you better stay out of my way. I'll get the lead role before you do. Can I, like, <laughs> see this going down? Also, you could, you could have walked over if you wanted. Okay. Um, I, uh, hold on. I gotta get my thoughts together. As, as you're saying, he says, The name is Quintilius Antamphion Melentor III. And what is your name? I'm Seer Artritz. That is the worst mm. name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me hate him already, I swear. Well, I've never heard of your name, but that is quite all right, as you'll probably get a side roll. I can't hold up my hand to shake it. To, to shake his. He looks at it a second. He shakes your hand. I probably have been on a stage longer than you have been reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that by looking at your clothes. Ooh. Oh, he begins to walk away. Oh man, what a jerk! Okay. Um, as you do, he just kind of like uh, pushes you out of the way, Mara. Doesn't All even right. acknowledge your presence. Um, I'm gonna give him a mean glare as he walks away. Right, you see, um, you see this, this sheet, and you look down. You see a few names are listed. Um, and you see, um, you see his name is signed. Very fancy cursive handwriting. Um, he's definitely like spent time perfecting how to sign his name. Um. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to out audition the heck out of him. Oh my <laughs> god, I saw what we do. Yes. Alright, you write your name down and you sign up for the uh, drama club. Yeah. Um, the handwriting is definitely not as fancy, but. Yeah. Skull exits the bush. <laughs> uh, you see a, uh, a halfling one. Um, she says, well, who, Did you just come out of that bush? Yes! What? Why were you in the bush? It was cool. Skull oh. walks towards dragon chest. <laughs> <laughs> She's going down on it. You walk towards uh, dragon chest, and you see um, a very familiar-looking Luxodon uh, signing their name at the paper in front of them. Hello again. Oh, hi. Um, I I don't know if I ever caught your name. Skull, one out. Skull. Uh, the name is Rampart. Well, actually, that's not my real name, but that's what uh, everybody calls me. Well, everybody calls Yo, me Skull, gotta, too. But names are cowards, cool. so I don't get my name away. Uh, but, hello, Rampart? Yes, Rampart. All right. I'll be uh, looking forward to seeing you at a chess club. I presume that's what you're signing up for. Yeah, maybe you could teach me some moves. I don't have much experience. Oh, I'd be very willing to. Yeah, Skull signs up. Very sketchy. Mm-hmm. Not, not fancy. Um, Shiro, what are you doing? Uh, Shiro is just kind of, he looks at each in turn. He's very interested in the, um, the Play Actors Club, the show band, and the gymnastics club. He has no idea what's going to take. Just kind of like, D4 of Destiny. The D4 of Destiny. Do you want to, yeah, do you want to roll randomly? See uh, what you're going to join? 
I don't have a D4. I, can, I have a D4. So, basically, you want to set this up. So, Play Actors Drama Guild is a one. Um, Showbane is a two. Um, and then gymnastics, gymnastics is a three. And then you just want to re-roll on a four. Basically, we're just going to randomly decide to see what clubs to sign up for. Four. Re-roll. Taking notes for once. Wow. I probably should, but I never did that. I'm just trying to remember the names because I thought of a funny joke and therefore it inspired me to take notes. I already forgot the name of that person that I just talked to. Ruby. Oh, okay. As you begin to watch the performance, everyone crowds around and you see behind the stage, you can see a small group of um, seven or eight students, um, they're all wearing different colored robes, kind of standing by it, um, and you see um, Professor Sharkbeak, um, the professor that gave you platinum earlier, walks onto the stage. Welcome to orientation, everybody, and everybody else who has decided to come watch the orientation day presentation. As usual, we will have um, a presentation from each of the five colleges um, through a few students that are either third or fourth years in that college, showing off their abilities, what they can do, and what their college is about. Um, of course, Prismari, Silver Quill, Lorehold, Quandrix, and Witherbloom. So, I would first like to welcome to the stage the Silver Quill student. Um, you see everyone, you know, kind of does light claps. Um, as walking on stage is an elven boy. Um, just simple, you know, black robes, um, you know, just looks like your, your average student. Um, and Professor Sharpbeak says, this student has said he is good at coming up with slam poetry on the spot. Um, what currently I'm going to do is take all of the thoughts out of his head that he may be thinking for the past uh, few hours or days to come up with rhymes in preparation. This is to ensure that this is on the spot to, do to demonstrate his abilities. 
and you see um, she pulls a little wand out of her um, cloak and uh, puts it to like the edge of his head. And um, you see as she pulls her wand back, you can see a stream of like thoughts and words come out of him. A lot of them are actually like rhyming words, um, like tree, bee, different stuff related to like parks. Um, all kind of forms that she holds him above his head, and he, for a second he just goes, he's like, whoa, oh. Um, and it's kind of confused for a second. It's, you know, getting all the thoughts taken out of your head is a little disarming. Anything can be a slam poem if you say it like this. <laughs> um, and Professor Shrimpy says, well, sit back and enjoy the performance. See, the, uh, the boy takes a second. All right, I'm ready. I welcome you to this great park, a place to admire. I hope on this place you leave your mark and achieve all you aspire. And you see he keeps going with uh, different rhymes and lyrics and verses, you know, the rhyming changing. Um, and as he, do this, as he does this, um, you feel very inspired as you oh. do this. And you feel, you don't get inspiration. You feel very inspired and happy at his first words, like your heart's swelling. And then in this next sentence, it's like, it's more uh, sad or more melancholy. And then you feel sad and hopeless and your heart feels like it's filled with dark black ink, like nothing will ever make you happy again. Like you have just, and you're gonna cry for the next five days. <laughs> and then he says something else and he brings you back like a massive like sun radiance with brilliant energy. And you are back to being just as happy as you were a moment before, even even happier. It's this roller coaster of up, down, up, down, controlling your emotions like you know, like it's the toy, like he's a marionette with a puppet. Um, and this goes on for a few minutes, and it's entrancing. And being able to control your own emotions—you've never had something like this before, um, except for, of course, you, Professor Shadow. You've seen stuff like this. This is the ability Silver Quill has over people. Um, at, and he ends. He says, "I pray I made your hearts feel dark." then explode with radiant fire. This is the end of my poem. Let's move on to the spark, but you'll see more of me. I won't retire. And you see everybody does another light Another polite clap. opera clap. Another polite opera clap. Professor Sharpie. Professor Sharpie says, well, that was um, quite miraculous. I hope all of you enjoyed the performance. Um, we will now move on to Prismari, the artists. Um, and you see um, about four people walk onto the stage, all looking vastly different, different skin tones, very different races. Uh, one's bald, one has a mohawk, one has long, long hair, the last one has like short orange hair and a bun, but all in bright blue and orange robes. Um, the only thing on the stage now is an easel with a blank canvas. You see the one with the mohawk says, Hey, anyone from the audience, uh, just give me a word. I need, we all need to be inspired. Someone give me a random word. Broccoli. I have two people. B. B? B. All right. Thank you. Um, I like his accent. I lost my default. Um, <laughs> and she has to do that. Um, the, um, he kind of walks over to the easel with the painting on it. Um, and you see he kind of forms like a little paintbrush in his hand, but it's made of crackling electricity. Um, just kind of appears in his hand. Um, and then you see the dancers, they all start kind of moving their shoulders back and forth as if gathering energy. And then suddenly the bold one erupts into fire with their, <laughs> head, yeah, with their head and shoulders completely inflamed. But they don't really seem to notice. He starts spraying across the stage with a trail of elegant, blazing fire behind him. The blonde one puts a stream of water in the air. 
um, the one with the fire, then blasts the water into steam. And the last one takes her hand and kind of controls it and makes it into this large, like, bead um, that kind of starts to float across the stage. And you see the one with fire tries to run away from it as it tries to sting him. Um, you see the one with water tries to, like, take it down, and they're doing this massive interpretive dance that goes on for a few minutes. It's just very intriguing and interesting to watch how these people play around with different elements. You see the one with fire controls fire and earth. You see the water one controls water and ice. The air one controls the wind. Have you guys seen Coco? Yeah. Yes. Remember the yeah. scene with Frida Kahlo? That was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking of. The giant enemy bee. Then, as it goes on, at the end, you see um, uh, the one who controls the fire uh, raises his hand, and a massive part of Earth just comes up out of the ground to film kind of like a spire, and then it spits magma out of the top. Um, it's then the person who controls the air then creates like an air bubble around it, so you can see this like uh, lava going back and forth, kind of turning and bubbling, but not able to go anywhere. Um, but they finally leave a little hole in it, and the one uh, who's the water, you've seen them do, do this before at the beginning, throws the water at the magma, and then all erupts into steam and stone, and the steam uh, goes up in the air and forms a giant puff of smoke. Um, as they do that, all the three dancers are gone, and all of you see, uh, the only thing you see is that the one to the stage is the man with the mohawk doing massive strokes of lightning on the painting, um, up, down, back, right, and you haven't really been paying attention to him, um, the painters have taken most of your eyes and your attention. Um, but he says, um, he does one last big <laughs> uh, stroke. Oh, sorry. And he um, says, all right, I finished. Uh, tell me what you think of it. And um, he takes it up and he turns it around. And you can see um, it looks like this is uh, uh, a bunch of bees in very clear definition made of like little bits of electricity uh, just crackling across the uh, screen and you can see they're moving in out they're going out of a hive it's like this giant animation that he must have made in about five minutes that's just crappy oh. animation of bees going in out of a hive surrounding a, a queen bee it's pretty cool it's pretty cool yes, yes um, he takes he takes a bow and then um, he um, actually uh, he goes to take the painting, and he goes to walk off stage, and he says, "And you know what? I have a few of these at home. Throws it out to the audience. <laughs> um, I want to. I want each of you to roll just to see how lucky you are. Each of you roll me a d20, and then just tell me what you get. 15. 15. 10. 10. Uh, 10. 12. 12. I'll see if anyone beats a 15. Oh. I'll roll. I'll roll twice. See if anyone beats a 15. Uh, the painting comes, I rolled a one and a nine. Uh, the painting comes uh, straight for you, and make a dexterity check to see if you yeah. uh, catch yeah. it. Yeah. Please just let it smack you in your face. <laughs> uh, just 14. Get 14, okay. Uh, you, you grab it, pull it down, you have this beautiful uh, painting. Lightning bees. Professor Sharpbeak says, well, that was quite entrancing. Thank you to the students. Next, we move on to Gorhold, the most long-winded of all of the co they colleges. Can breed. <laughs> Are they going to read us, Charlie? I thought you said they can breed. You see, um, you see, um, um, this half-orc woman walks up to walks up to the stage. Um, she pulls out a large, um, a large scroll, unravels it, and she begins to read. And as she does, you see massive images go over her head, kind of portraying the whole story as she speaks. And she begins to tell the story of Strixhaven. 
Strixhaven University was founded by five ancient dragons, who, according to, to legend, had from the magical energy of the newborn world of Orcavios. These founder dragons were among the first to master magic, and they realized only through disciplined study would magic be safe in the hands of other people. As you see, as she says this, you see the image of her head of um, uh, five eggs erupting into five massive dragons, and they all land onto one world. And you see sparks of fire, electricity kind of come out from all of the dragons um, as you see them slowly begin to master the magic. They founded Strixhaven to facilitate the study and establish the five colleges, each correlating with their own studies. The dragons being Galazath Prismari, Shadrick Silverquill, Veladros Witherbloom, Tanazar Kalandrix, and uh, Velomaquis uh, Witherbloom. Hold on. I might have messed up. Said Bloom twice. Uh, Little Lorehold, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> they then build this place together. Silverquill lighting up the previously dark land. Quandrix creating the spectacular architecture that still stands today. Prismari making the place fun and exciting. Witherbloom granting it life and making it habitable. And Lorehold filling it with the knowledge of centuries past. And as you see this, you see five different dragons um, in that order doing what they do. You see the uh, place kind of lights up with light and becomes this like land of just barren, barren fields and not much there. Um, you then see um, one dragon kind of uh, breathes out fire, but the fire that becomes massive buildings and architecture that would be very familiar to do. One of them is even the biblioplex. You see the, uh, you see, you know, Prismari adding fire and electricity around the place. Uh, wither bloom, growing trees, creating um, swamps and different animals, um, making the air breathable, and Lorehold creating massive libraries and filling the place with knowledge. They then elected an oracle, someone who must graduate from Strixhaven, understand all fundamentals of magic, and memorize hundreds of spells. Their purpose, to watch over the school and protect it from dark fortress, forces such as the Oric, while the dragons went away, a new one being elected when the last one dies. Now, thousands of years down the line, here we are today, and, the, and, if, and if you're more interested in the history of Strixhaven, or history at all, join us in Lorehold. Thank you. I love the Scottish orc. <laughs> and everyone, everyone uh, kind of claps. I know there's a lot of information. Uh, they, they do clap. Um, the opera clap? Uh, yeah, the opera clap. Uh, do any of you have any questions? Because I know that was a lot of information. Nope. I've it sounds very it, much like Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> but dragons. Dragons. <laughs> Harry Potter, but dragons? Okay. Harry Potter, but far cooler. Exactly. Is a book, though? A D&D book? Yeah. Yes, it is. So yeah, you all can go, uh, everyone kind of, oh wait, no, that's not the end. What am I thinking? There's still, uh, Witherbloom. There's still Quandrix and Witherbloom. I'm yeah, dumb. Yeah, you um, You're not dumb. Uh, high wisdom, low intelligence. High wisdom, low intelligence. High intelligence, low wisdom. Yeah, other I flipped that. Yeah. See, me too. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you see, um, on stage, uh, walking on stage, is a very suave looking human man. You haven't met him before. Um, but he has, uh, nice blue robes. Um, and he kind of walks onto the stage, adjusts his coat. Professor Sharpie says, and welcome, Quandrix. Um, Sorry, and claps extra loud. <laughs> yeah, a little extra loud clap. Um, <laughs> he says, all right, I need someone random from the audience. Um, and I'm going to roll I'm going to roll a D4 to see which one of you gets it. I want three. One, two, three, four. I'm Skull is one, Shiro is two, Mira is three, Sierra is four. You see he forms, um, you see a little um, bit of triangles just kind of forms around him, and then he <laughs> disappears, and then you see him standing next to you, uh, Mara. Oh. Would, you, uh, would you be willing to 
be in this performance, a demonstration. Sure. <laughs> um, he then forms a little, um, he forms about like a hundred small squares in front of him that form a door, and he opens it. Walk inside then. Mm-hmm. Walk inside. He walks it, closes the door, and you guys are now up on the stage. You're teleporting <laughs> okay. up on the stage. Um, he then uh, says, all right, um, just just stay there then, all right? Don't move. This is going to feel a little weird. Okay. Um, he forms a little small triangle, magical triangle in the air, and then with his two fingers, or three fingers, stretches it out to make it about two feet big. And as he slowly stretches it out, you see Mara slowly grows bigger and bigger as a person. Um, and you see Mara, you grow about 12 feet tall as basically, yeah, you get like a, you become 12 feet tall. It feels very weird, your arms feel really lanky, but you're all still the same proportions, same proportion. He says, all right, hold on a second. This will take a few minutes. Um, he then, uh, you know, summons a small uh, blue, like a blue magical ball in the air, and then grabs some like squares and rectangles and triangles and oct- octagons out of little magical blue shapes that are just kind of floating in the air. A um, bunch of different geometrical shapes, um, and then soon, after a few minutes, he just keeps grabbing them. He's surrounded by a cylinder of them, um, just kind of floating all around him. Um, and then numbers like one, two, three. Um, and then different math, math equations start appearing on the different uh, shapes. It feels very complex, very intricate. Um, he then begins <laughs> flipping them around and changing them. He sees a few numbers, uh, flips them, switches them, takes two from opposite ends, switches them, changes them to where they're supposed to be, and he says, hold on, one more thing. Uh, takes one little triangle, looks around, flips it for a small uh, rectangle, switches them, and then uh, he raises his hand in one motion, and you see a perfect... 12 foot tall statue of Mira standing there. It looks exactly like her, but you can see if you look closely, it's formed out of thousands of small triangles, rectangles, like octagons, and different prisms and, rec- and shapes. That's, That's cool. pretty cool. We must have um, paid attention to geometry. <laughs> and everybody, everybody uh, claps and is impressed. Um, he says, thank you for uh, allowing. You're, you're welcome. Yes. Um, he then shows you to walk on the stage. Okay. Uh, walk straight off the stage. Uh, <laughs> fall. Fall. Uh, no. Walk off stage uh, with him. Uh, go back into the crowd. Uh, and okay. then Professor Sharpie says, Well, that was very interesting. Now we have our final performance. He always sounds yeah, like he true. doesn't like what's happening. <laughs> yeah. so, well, that was very interesting. <laughs> I don't think that professor just likes anything. Um, there was, <laughs> next is Wither. You see a short uh, blonde girl walks on stage. She says, Hi. Um, she seems very nervous. Um, but then, give me one second. Um, and she sees a uh, little like green magical energy starts to flow around her arms and kind of consume her arms. Are you intrigued? And then she summons. Two massive vines out of the ground. I'm just kind of standing next to her, like six feet tall. And then slowly you see her body starts to transform into something that looks weirdly reminiscent of Skull. Into like this weird plant bark creature where her whole, her whole body is covered in Mars, uh, moss and bark and like dirt. And she doesn't even look human at this point. She looks like a weird collection of plants and wood just standing. She looks horrific. And then uh, you see the two um, vines grab her legs, wrap around her, lift her up in the air, and then she goes, and and releases a dark purple gas into the air, and you see the gas spells uh, wither bloom. 
Um, she then uh, looks at a few trees and bushes in the park and just kind of grows them to be, you know, twice the size they were before. And then, and then in the middle of the crowd, um, slowly forms another massive tree. Um, you all kind of step out of the way, and then she just goes again and uh, swipes one hand down, and you can see this uh, tree slowly just decays and dies, and then shrivels down into nothing. Oh, shrivel. <laughs> you then see uh, the vines let her down, and she kind of demorphs back into her regular self. Thank you. Aww. Aww. Uh, that was everybody sweet. claps. She gets like the best applause. So. School has been full force clapping for everybody else, even if everybody else was copper clapping for <laughs> everyone with performances. He's just. You see, um. Well, that was a very nice orientation. Everybody did spectacularly. Thank you to everybody. You can now move on, sign up for any clubs and classes you may need that is required. Uh, well, clubs aren't, but classes are. Make sure you sign up. Um, thank you all for coming. I hope to see you in this school year. Goodbye. Um, everybody claps, and she leaves the stage. Um, Plarg, uh, kind of, uh, that was, um, that was, um, I heard the clapping, it sounded nice. It was a very incredible performance. The Lorehold and Silverquill caught my attention. They seemed to do a remarkable job. They certainly did. So, before we wrap up here today, um, what do you guys kind of want to do in it? Anyone want to talk to anybody? Sign up for any final clubs? Uh, um, can I sign yes. up? Uh, Skull's going to look around for any other clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess, you know, notice the sporty one. It goes, eh, sure, why not? And sign up for uh, the silk ball club. So, so this will be the final one we do. You see, as you walk up to it, you see someone who looks like you. Oh. They're a... Uh, they are a um, seven-foot-tall tree, yeah, like tree man, um, standing above the rest of everyone. He's made completely out of wood. He has uh, massive wooden antlers with leaves budding on the end and wears green robes adorned with a tooth necklace. His eyes and body glow with a dim yellow light. Signs his name, turns around. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You look like me. You look like me. What is your name? Skull, 1L. My name's Molithorn. That's a good name. Are you signing up for Silk Ball? Yes. I'll be happy to see you on the court. You too. Have a good existence. You <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> um, you signed up, you signed your name on the Silk Ball thing. I think that is where I'm going to end it for today. How good existence just tickles my funny bone. This has been this has been episode two of High School Heroes. I'm your dungeon master, Charlie Isaacs, and while editing the episode earlier, I realized I did not say my pronouns, which are he, him. To my right, we have... Hi, I'm Gru. My pronouns are yes. I'm playing uh, Seer. I'm Izzy. I play Mara, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Alan. I play Skull. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, I'm Leo. I play Shiro. My pronouns are he, they. Thank you for listening, and until next time, goodbye. Have a good existence! Have a good existence! Yeah!